This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Hello, everybody, and happy March. Welcome to episode 360 of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast, broadcasting live on Zach Arnold Productions' Mixler page and coming to you wherever podcatchers are found after the fact. My name is Zach, and I'm just now realizing that we are five episodes away from a a historic landmark achievement and uh, I'm going to introduce my co-host, Ben, here right now and just kind of revel in the fact, dude, that if, for whatever reason, we had become insanely rich when we first started this podcast, we would, oh, now, we would now be fast approaching having done an episode every day for a calendar year, 365 episodes right around the corner – and if we had started that and done it year round, we would be very, very near the end point. That's that's crazy. That's crazy. A, a, a episode for every day. Wild could, stuff. Like like if you wanted to binge the IPC podcast, you could literally like listen to one episode a day. And I bet by the time you have like started doing that and you make your way all the way back to 360 – We'll probably have recorded five more episodes by then, and you could listen to 361 through 365 as well by the end of your calendar year binge. Yeah, I just I couldn't help but think about when I was doing the show notes earlier, just like 360. We're, we've we've come full circle. Oh, that's true. Degrees. That's true. 360. Yeah, that reminds me of this really old song that my sister used to listen to. She was really into like this pre-tween singing group that was called Pure NRG, like the letters NRG instead of energy. Oh, <laughs> and, that's amazing. And they had this song that was like, it's a 360 revolution, 365. And it basically means like how everything comes full circle like every day of the year or something like that. And I can dig it. I can dig it. For whatever reason, that has turned into a core memory, and I remember the lyrics to the chorus of that song, To Hell With That Song. <laughs> it's amazing, the the stupid stuff. Like I, I can't – like. I can't remember like pivotal like life stuff from like school or whatever else, but this stupid song from 25 years ago, it just mm-hmm. in my head, it won't go away. Yeah, uh, I know more about Fleetwood Mac lyrics than I do about the War of 1812. So Look, let that. I, I think I think the lesson here is just like start like let's stop sending kids to school let's just like put important information into popular song lyrics and it will just become part of their psyche and automatically and you won't have to worry about it you know dude i tell you what i learned a piece of history uh about world war ii thanks to a tiktok video 
because that's where we learn everything these days is TikTok. Because that's where history lessons truly come from is from TikTok. Um, it was it was about this um, this, this part of the war effort that I didn't even know existed. Apparently, Japan tried to bomb the United States during World War II. Did you know that? I don't think I knew this. No. They they were sending bomber planes to the forests of Oregon, and people were just assuming that it was like cars backfiring, or that the, oh, the, the yeah. that the that the fires that were happening in the forest were naturally occurring from like lightning strikes and stuff, and so they didn't even really take much notice of it, but they 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 actually bombed Oregon on several occasions. And there's like this library museum in some part of Western Oregon that has like a commemoration with the antiquated family saber of one of the Japanese pilots who bombed the United States during the Second World War. That's really cool. Yeah, and there used to be a uh, a Japanese soldier, an American soldier that would go to Pearl Harbor, I think, every year to commemorate Wow. That, that attack too. Just, you know, really cool. Crazy. Yeah. I learned that from TikTok. So we just put history lessons in minute, like three minute videos and uh, everything will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> really great show in store for you all tonight. In case you couldn't tell, we're actually going to be doing it in a little bit of a reverse order. And we're actually omitting the top five segment because we've just got so much to talk about. Um, but part of what we did was instead of doing a top five, we actually posed it to our friends in the uh, Peace Hangout chat and said, hey, what would you like us to talk about? And uh, that way we still get that listener incorporated discussion that we like to have here on the show. It's a very listener oriented program. And so even if you're not sending us top five lists this time around, uh, we still wanted you to feel like you were a part of the discussions tonight and we're going to lead that off with our icebreaker discussion usually it's called edna's icebreaker in honor of my lovely <laughs> wife but i just couldn't resist this particular uh discussion to lead things off and it will actually perfectly segue into our our next discussion as well uh this comes from my old classmate ben anderson not ben hart oh. ben anderson uh, he followed my page a few years back, and he joined the group just to kind of keep up with when new episodes go up. And uh, he and I walked the stage when we graduated with our bachelor's degrees. Uh, coming up on five and a half years ago, we graduated 2017, December of 2017. So our six-year removal date from walking the stage together is uh, fast approaching. But I think he posed this satirically, but... We're going to actually discuss this for a couple of As minutes As we here. do. We take things that are hilarious, and we take them very seriously. And I, I feel pretty positive that we have had this conversation before. Uh, just considering how many times we have had the barbecue segment and just how often we talk about food on this show. Also, 360 episodes, come on. We've pretty yeah, much covered everything at like, this point. We've, we've covered so much over the course of our history. I feel like this has to have been one of our discussion topics at some point. But I don't remember what your answer was. So I'm going to I'm gonna have to pose it to you now. Ben Anderson's icebreaker discussion to kick off the show eight minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> is a hot dog a sandwich yes or no discuss 
that, that's the, uh, there's so many variables here. Okay, it's not that simple. It's just I don't know because obviously you could be very analytical and logical and go like, well, it's meat on a bun, therefore it is a sandwich. But you know when you go when you go someplace and you ask for like a sandwich you're not going to accidentally get a hot dog or vice versa mm-hmm. people know this um it's like the it's like the stupid are there more doors or windows in the world like that whole thing it's oh, I, nuts. Think there's, I think there's definitely more windows look at skyscrapers you're you're okay, gonna tell we're, you. We're not getting into that right now. We are not. We will. It will consume the entire episode. We are not doing that. We're not doing it. Focus on the hot dogs. Oh man. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be kind of logical and kind of analytical. Um, I I guess it really boils down to what constitutes as a sandwich. Like how how do you define what a sandwich is? To me, it's usually a bread or a roll or a sub type of bread that has some sort of a meat filling with uh, acceptable accessories that go with it. So that could constitute a peanut butter and jelly. That could be a meatball sub. You know, you're not going to have peanut butter and meat and meatballs. You know, you're not going to combine those types of things. It has to be like an acceptable companion to it. But... I would think that if you're talking about a bread or a roll with some sort of a meat filling and then the acceptable accessories that go with that meat filling or whatever kind of filling, like it could be a peanut butter and jelly, like I said. But in the strictest sense of how a sandwich might be defined, I would think yes. And like you saying that, like you can have sandwiches, you can call an open face sandwich, which is just a piece of bread with something on top of it and i've eaten plenty of peanut butter sandwiches or peanut butter jelly sandwiches where i just put the stuff on one piece of bread and then fold it over when you do that it's very close to a hot dog (laughs) like yeah it's just a boring lines yeah it's it's just a folded piece of bread so I, i also did a quick google search just to see what the internet might say about it and according to According to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, it definitively came down on the side of, yes, a hot dog is a sandwich because the definition of sandwich is two or more slices of bread or a split roll having a filling in between. That is the Merriam-Webster definition of a sandwich. Who are we to to argue with Merriam-Webster? Or the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Apparently, she made an appearance on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. And in 2018, she concluded that a hot dog is indeed a sandwich. Wow. So, so we have we have essentially a Supreme Court ruling. Exactly. <laughs> There's a Supreme Court justice and a dictionary definition that sides of the opinion that a hot dog is indeed a sandwich. So who am I to argue with those types of results? I think, I think it's a case closed. I think no one else this, – this, don't ask this question again. Ben, we answered your question. <laughs> We've we've done it, IPC podcast. On this date, we have we have finally done this mystery, and we've uh, we solved it. Yeah, well, uh, Danny Dukes in the chat joining us, the one listener that's with us right now. Thanks for joining us tonight, man. He says, "I still go with no, although I don't feel too strongly." 
So it, it could really go either way, because like you said at the top of the discussion, if you order a sandwich, you're not hoping for a hot dog. And if you ask for a hot dog, you're not looking for it like chopped up into little pieces where it's like bite sized and and it, it looks more like a sandwich. Like I've seen too many cooking shows with like a deconstructed hot dog. And I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> what the hell do you mean deconstructed? You mean your bread fell apart and you didn't know how to make an actual sandwich? Like what the hell is deconstructed? But you, you, you ruined you know, it. It's just I just I, I, I'm kind of like teetering back and forth, but I'm I'm leaning more towards yes. But he does make a good point. Hot dogs are kind of in their own league. They kind of have their own separate definition, probably because they have a different cultural origin, like where hot dogs came from. And so if they've got a different origin story, if they've got a different background of where they're inspired from, then, yeah, maybe they are something separate. But for the purposes of tonight's discussion, I'm leaning towards yes. Yeah, I think I agree. I think I agree. I think uh, I'm I'm going to agree with uh, RGB. And and you and say that things. Of course, uh, we're we're open to discussion here. Okay, if anybody disagrees, let us know. Maybe we'll uh maybe we'll readdress this if there's a ton of backlash. I mean, who knows? There could be a ton of knee-jerk reactions. I have a feeling that we're gonna get some sort of a historical etymology from Robin Glader after the fact. <laughs> Can always count on that. Um, but yeah, I think I think for now, case closed. All righty. Well, it's really cool that we have a icebreaker that talks about food because we've been promising for the last couple of episodes a really in-depth discussion on our favorite food-related topic. And uh, tonight, we're finally going to bring it to you. And it's going to be in-depth, and it's going to be awesome. That's right. We are turning this episode on its head just a little bit and going to flip the script. Instead of being the final discussion topic that we rush at the end of our episode, it's going to be one of the first things we talk about right off the bat. So, folks, get out your hashtags and put them in the chat if you're listening live, and put them on social media if you're not. I want to see it on Facebook. I want to see it on Twitter, Instagram, and on TikTok. You know where to find me. I'm on TikTok, too. Ladies and gents and everything else in between, it's time for another edition of Hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue, 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 Okay, so this one is just listed as Sauce Trek, a barbecue story. (laughs) And I am really confused by this title, and I've been meaning to ask you about it for what feels like two months now. Because this whole a barbecue story makes me feel like it's Rogue One or uh, Solo or something like that. You know, the whole a Star Wars story that we got in the mid-2010s. And... Then on the front side of it, you're calling it Sauce Trek. So, like, are we blending barbecue with Star Trek and Star Wars with this segment? I am very confused, sir. Well, okay. I mean, I wanted to kind of sound badass and cool and, you know, the whole idea that maybe I I traveled to a mysterious planet and stole a bunch of barbecue sauce. and I'm just going to stop you right there. Anybody that's met you knows you're not badass. (laughs) 
You see, that's that's why I keep you around. You keep me grounded, um, and you reveal me for who I am. Um, I can never have an ego around you. Um, <clears throat> thank you for that. Um, but uh, yeah, so no, no, nothing illegal was happening. Nothing. No one. Uh, no, no police were involved. Um, but it It's an interesting story because this all started. Didn't all start there. The end of the story is more recently. When I posted on social media, and I've talked about this before in other podcasts, I, mean, I think I've probably I probably told a similar version of the story on this podcast before, but I don't remember it, so you're gonna suffer through it again. So basically, um, on social media, you may have seen me post um, me driving a giant U-Haul van, um, in which um, that ended up being filled to the brim. With bottles of barbecue sauce in giant cardboard boxes, um, and people were naturally – I didn't give a lot of explanation as to why that was happening or what was going on. Um, so – and people were like, what the heck? And I think you even commented. You're like, you, we have to talk about this in the podcast. What is happening? Um, and I'm like, okay, I think actually this is the time. This is the, – the time and place is now to finally reveal this and kind of give us a little backstory to this because it is – Slightly fascinating. Slightly fascinating. Um, slightly. Slightly. Um, so yeah, I'm you, you really are good you are, at you are the this. drug meal of barbecue sauce. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not. You're not wrong. It's not. You're not. You're not wrong. Like all um, you need is is Clint Eastwood and some cocaine, which we'll get to that in a little bit too. Talking about cocaine. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so I don't need to spend too long on this because I do want to talk about that other thing. Um, but Basically, how this got started is for for those of you who don't know, my family runs a barbecue place. It's a whole thing. Why we have wait, a barbecue? Wait, watch. wait, wait. What? I know what? it's crazy, right? I, I'm sorry. Why did, We've why known did I each not other know about like this? We've been years, doing this just, show for eight freaking years, and I didn't know your family had a barbecue restaurant. We need to create some, a segment about that on the show. You'd think after you know. After a decade of knowing you, I would, I would have mentioned it at some point, but just weird. Um, but yes, um, so barbecue restaurants—it's where I normally do this podcast, um, where I do every podcast. Um, and so it all started about twenty—it's—it's it's honestly going on about thirty years ago. This got started. Um, so. My job, my my dad was obviously, you know, kind of got into it um, from, you know, he it was it was a place that was kind of in a, in a gas station. He bought the place, moved it to a actual like business area um, into a building proper um, and set it up. That was in 1999. Um, and and basically he bought the business from someone who we were on the coast of Mississippi. He bought it from a guy who was living in Jackson, Mississippi, which is about a three, three and a half hour drive away to the north of us. Um, so part of the deal was that we got obviously the sauce and the rub and everything like kind of he got a that all came with the business a bunch of with a bunch of other stuff and part of the deal was okay well the sauce is made in jackson mississippi in order to get the sauce we have to get it from jackson somehow and obviously we're using a lot of sauce because it's a barbecue restaurant and we soak our meat in it we pull pork sandwiches and pull beef at the time you know was all <laughs> was all um 
be saturated in the stuff. And that's just how we <laughs> do it. Um, yes, yeah, saturate so, that meat. <laughs> so we bought the business. My dad bought the business from this guy in Jackson, Mississippi. He um, – the, the sauce is manufactured in Jackson. Actually, it was manufactured in Arkansas, um, and it was – came about halfway to Jackson to a distributor, and we would pick it up from them. So a good portion of my childhood was spent – we would – every periodically, about once, twice – you know, every couple months, we would make trips to Jackson in our minivan or our truck – or whatever we had at the time to go and fill up the car with what we what was at the time with the giant five gallon buckets, huge buckets. Um, oh and, and then when I, when I was younger, I couldn't even lift them. And even as an adult, they're very, very hard to lift. Um, they're backbreakingly uh, heavy. Um, since we've transitioned to just big, um, big boxes that have these gallon jugs in them, they're actually much easier to deal with because that's what we think. So I'm getting to that. So basically, for years and years and years, that was the procedure, and we would, it, we would kind of turn it into a family trip. I remember going to, we would kind of go and stay overnight, and we'd go to the mall or whatever else. I remember picking up, going to KB Toys and getting Star Wars toys, and it was like a vacation. Um, so it was really kind of a fun thing to do. Um, it was just so happened that it was a business trip, part of my childhood. So for years and years and years, we did that. Eventually, the guy who actually made the sauce in Arkansas, he kind of did his own thing, got out of the business. So we ended up switching to another distributor that actually it was based in um, based in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. They m kind of replicated the sauce that we originally had. And started mass producing it. It was actually a factory that did this. Um, so they started working with us, and we were working with someone else that was from the area to make this happen. And when that happened, it became less about kind of us going up there and made more about, okay, we're getting a larger shipment because the sauce was never it was never easy to like it was too expensive to like ship it. You couldn't put it in FedEx, right. but especially it was like right. a, it's either a giant box or a giant gallon bucket. It would cost almost as much as it did to buy it outright. It was much, much more economical to get in a car and go up there and get it in, you know, a large bulk. Then we got into the idea of let's get a lot. Like I'm talking, if you've seen the pictures on Facebook, you know, but if you haven't, giant pallet, you know, we're talking a you know, a, a big box is about a, a foot wide and a foot deep and a foot tall, um, or maybe a foot and a half tall. About five of those stacked on top of each other. They're all shrink wrapped, giant wooden pallet. You know, needs a forklift to carry it. And we started either renting a truck or a large van. We would go up there, and I'm driving the truck. Um, and we would go up there and pull up to the factory, and they load up the truck, and we do that, and, and we turn it into, again, kind of a weekend thing. We stay overnight in a hotel, and then wake up the next morning, go pick up the sauce, drive it home. And sometimes I would actually drive the truck up there. I think it was the last time we did this was actually drove the empty van up there and drove it back because whatever reason, U-Haul was – that was the best thing to do. So that's kind of what we do is so we do that about – it's approaching kind of once a year now because we're actually doing less hours now than we used to. Mm -hmm. um, we used to be open about um, four days a week for many, many years. Um, now we're doing three, day, three days a week, and we're approaching two days a week. We're only going to be open. 
Um, and what that's, the heck? That's the because mainly because my parents are reaching retirement age, and they are calling this their semi-retirement. Um, so they are trying to limit their hours. They're obviously older. They can't stand it. We work very long hours. And also I have a side gig. I'm doing other jobs, so I can't commit as much time to it either. So we're kind of working into a new schedule. So we're not using as much sauce. We're not as many, open as many days. So if we get a large shipment, which is about two big things, um, two big uh, pallets, that'll last us about a year. Um, so we just got one in a few months ago. Or actually, just a couple months ago. I think it was in January, February. Um, and that'll last us a while. And then we'll eventually we'll go back and make the trip and do that. And it's you know it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. You know, I I I kind of enjoy driving. Um, I just put my podcast in and just chill. It's about a it's about a three hour drive. So it's kind of it's long enough you can do it in one day you can kind of go up and come back but it's a really arduous drive it's easier to kind of go stay the night come back makes kind of a weekend trip thing i mean we have places to eat and whatever else and it's it's fun um and it's not as often nowadays but that's basically i'm trying to think i'm doing all this from memory so it's it's hard but um that's basically it that's kind of the origin story of the sauce and how that all came to be and and why every once in a while you will see me on social media driving a a truck full of barbecue sauce. Man, if if I ever see you driving a truck full of barbecue sauce, I am chasing after you faster than I chase after the ice cream truck. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I tell you, it's funny because um, you don't really – you can't really tell what it is. Like I think it kind of says on the things, you know, um, obviously it says barbecue sauce, but I think it comes in mild. Uh, we actually hot – we actually – heat up some of our sauce we don't use nearly as much hot sauce the only difference right. between our mild and our hot sauce is cayenne pepper and we add that in ourselves we just get it all mild and we we heat up some of our sauce so it's sure. all it just says mild barbecue sauce on the top of it and we're always kind of a little bit wary of that because occasionally most of the time we get it on the way home so it's not overnight but occasionally we have left it outside um you know at at a hotel or in a parking lot or whatever else, and we're like, make sure the van's locked up because I mean I don't know it I don't know what anybody would do if they stole that I don't know what they would do with it, but it's obviously a big investment for us so we don't want right. it stolen right <laughs> but um also like if you're a criminal and you buy like what it's just a random ass barbecue sauce like you're talking many thousands of gallons of it in uh in uh things or i think i calculated it as it was maybe a few hundred um because it's kind of you multiply it out Ew. but it's a lot of sauce and like i don't know what you do with it i mean it's good sauce like you can eat it but it's not gonna last forever <laughs> right so what are you gonna do put it on the barbecue black market or something like yeah. or, or are you gonna like become the new regional distributor and sell it back to your barbecue restaurant and be like, Hey, I heard that somebody out. stole your sauce. So I'll willing to sell it to you for half of what you bought it for. It's like, right. but I already paid for it. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, the, the worst part of the job is actually unloading because when we get to the place, they actually put it in with a forklift. But when right. we get home, we have no forklift, um, so it all has Ooh. to be manually unloaded by hand, um, which takes a lot of time. But you know, it's it's very satisfying when it's done. We get it in there, and we have a whole place inside to put it. And uh, yeah, so 
it's it's a bit wild. It's a it's a part of my life that I'm like because I'm always kind of like a little bit self-aware. Like this is kind of nuts. I'm driving a, a van <laughs> full of Barbie. This is really weird. This is real weird. Oh, dude, I, I'll tell you what. I have existential moments like that with the the job that I do because I work for an ATM company and. Um, I live pretty close to the Oklahoma border. Maybe it's like an hour, hour 20 drive from mm. where I live. And in Oklahoma, right on the border, um, they've got a lot of casinos because they want those Texans to go up north a little bit and gamble their money away. Oh. And uh, guess who needs cash more than just about anybody else in the industry right now? It's, uh, it's middle-aged white people who are <laughs> trying to think they're going to get lucky on the slot machines. Oh man, yeah, we've got some. You know, um, Blux, Mississippi is like big with casinos. Oh really? Um, that's that's um that's actually weirdly. I, I know different states have different laws, but our laws in Mississippi are that your how at least this way it used to be is casino had to be over water. Yep. So um, Louisiana's that way too. They have like a like a riverboat casino. Right. That, is exactly. like it's it's on the water, but the hotel is on the mainland. So you take this little bridge out to the riverboat to do the gambling, and then you can go back to the hotel and resort when you're done. Right. So like everybody everybody has different rules. Texas is working on trying to find a way to legalize it. There's a couple of small uh, reservations within Texas. I think there's two or three very small casinos, and a lot of them are right on the border or too far away. The closest ones to where I live are actually in Oklahoma. So every now and then I get sent up to those casinos with not only a bunch of $20 bills, but a bunch of $100 bills. Oh, wow. And I'm, I'm putting $100 bills in these machines so that people can pull that money out and go gamble it away at the casino. And I'll have those existential moments like you're talking about where I'm I'm sitting here going, man, I'm 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 driving this vehicle about an hour and a half north and I, I'm carrying tens of thousands of dollars right now. Now, granted, I'm going to have a lot less than that when I'm coming back, but that drive up is pretty insane when I'm thinking like, man, in my back seat, I got X amount of dollars. I could retire on that. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's, and there's it's, plenty it's, it's like the the you don't know the existential thoughts of oh yeah just like i could just disappear they yes. would never hear from me again yes no i've legit had those thoughts where i'm thinking would i want to go to mexico or would i want to go to canada like do i just keep on driving and hope they don't find me but you know i am way too much of a goody two shoes to do that uh, and I love Texas way too much to abandon like my family and my friends and my life, but I I can't say that I've never been tempted because that would be a lie. Yeah, I'm I'm too much of I have too much of a guilty conscience. Yeah, like, if I if that, I ever committed a crime, like even the smallest incident, it would be like a 24 hours I would just be at the police station. I'm sorry, <laughs> I stole a pencil from from this office. <laughs> Tree. Up. <laughs> I I stole a candy bar from the Dollar Tree. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Lock me up and throw away the key. I don't deserve. Yeah, see that that's just that's 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 the that's the homeschooler in us. <laughs> it is. It is totally. <laughs> 
Well, dude, that is a, that is a great story. I, I love getting to hear barbecue-related stories that are not the traditional ones that you usually hear, and uh, that one was was definitely really fun. But I do want to spend the rest of the evening getting caught up on our watch list. Yeah. And, and some of them are pretty obvious. Some of them are, are things that you would expect us to be talking about. But then there's a few surprises in there that it's like, really, I did not expect you to be watching that. <laughs> and that's part of what we love doing with these monthly episodes is even though they're a little further apart than we would like them to be, it's a chance for you and I to get caught up on current events and, you know, kind of touch base on what kind of stuff we would recommend to one another and maybe I found something that you might want to check out, or maybe you've seen something that I would want to be a part of. So uh, just really, really fun opportunities to to get caught up. And we get to catch up with some people in the chat. I just saw an old friend of ours. Guess who's in the chat tonight, Ben? Tony! It's the Darth Cyrax himself. Wow. Tony from the old show Geek Talk. Great to Kicking see you in the chat tonight, man. We are we are throwing it back to 2014 tonight. I'll tell you what. Great to see you, man. Hope you're doing well. Um, Ben, there's a couple of obvious ones that we ask right. people to talk about. Uh, like we ask them, what do you want us to talk about? Should we lead off with those or should we save those for the end? Um. I whatever you want to start with, I'm I'm game for anything because um, I've meaning... been I've been watching. I weirdly got a chance to watch a lot of interesting stuff, um, but I don't care which order we talk about it. in. I'm kind of leaning towards saving the galaxy far, far away towards the tail end just okay. so that we have ample time to talk about it. And then we touch on some of these other things before leading up to that, I think would probably be the best way to go about this. But um, one of the listener topics that was presented to us came from Scott Forbes and we'll, we'll probably lead off with this and then dive into the, what are we watching segment? He asks, what are your thoughts on Marvel fatigue? Are they real or are they blown out of proportion? Yeah, it's it's a good question. It's something that like I personally as a big Marvel fan, I'm like my knee jerk reaction is like, you know, whatever, give me all the Marvel things. But, you know, we have had a lot. And actually, it seems that Marvel has been addressing this, too, because they've recently talked about um, I can't remember if it's the trades or they actually I think maybe even Feige came out and said that, like, you know, they're they're cutting back. We, we had, I think, three or four Marvel shows last year now we're gonna get maybe two or three this year and they're cutting back on stuff and you know it has been a bit hard to keep up with sometimes um i've liked most of them i think you know when it comes to marvel fatigue or star wars fatigue you know always depends on who you're talking to and what like what their general opinion is on like you know if you like all the recent Star Wars shows, you're probably not going to be complaining about there being too many of them. Um, but if you are like, hey, I didn't really like Obi-Wan Kenobi. I wish they would slow down on these things. I'm not really digging Mandalorian, so you know I could do without that. Um, and I get it. Like everyone's opinion is valid. So you know, Marvel is trying to do a lot um, in, in a very short period of time. 
Um, and, you know, I've enjoyed most of it. Um, I, I would say that I think we've been hearing this for a while, Marvel fatigue, because there, there's just so much of it and people are kind of like – there's obviously people that they are never into it. So people that kind of were into it are kind of checking out. Um, it is hard to keep up with, and I don't know. I I personally don't I personally don't feel it, but I understand where people are coming from. I don't know if I necessarily feel fatigued on Marvel, but I also know that I am not as enthusiastic about it as I used to be. So maybe my enthusiasm is just leveling out, and it's coming across as fatigue to some people particularly when it comes to viewership. You and I talked about this off the air before we started recording that the viewership numbers for Mandalorian season three are way down. And we're going to talk about Mando season three this evening a little bit right. later, but the, the numbers are way down from what they were in like seasons one and two. But then you made a really good point that viewership increased over the course of the first season of The Last of Us. And viewership was really solid for the first season of House of the Dragon. So some people that thought maybe they were burned out on a show like Game of Thrones or people who thought they were burned out on zombie shows because of stuff like The Walking Dead, you still end up being brought back into the fold if the story is compelling enough, if the characters are good enough, if the story is you know, convincing you the, to keep coming back week after week. And so when it comes to Marvel, I just don't know if the stuff they've been pumping out is the stuff that I'm sitting there going, oh, I need to catch up on this week after week. And maybe Disney would benefit from a binge format because I think Wednesday proved just how popular the binge format can be uh, over on Netflix. It, it got binged so much that it became like one of the most watched shows in Netflix history in a matter of like a week and a half or something like that. So I, I've seen a lot of comments that say I'm not burned out on shows like Mandalorian. I'm just waiting for the whole season to come out and then I'll watch all of it. Uh, our friend Mondo, who is a big fan of video games, he's been waiting to watch the last of us because he wanted to binge it while he was simultaneously playing the levels of the video game. Right. So everybody has their reasons for why they're not watching something. I don't know if fatigue is always the reason, but I think that may be the reason that people give so that they don't have to always explain why they're not watching something. Yeah. I think it also it also has a lot to do with your approach to this kind of stuff. And we're you like, we're huge fans. Like even, I don't consider myself the biggest Marvel fan, but I'm a really big fan. I'm a big enough fan of the MCU that like, I generally want to watch everything. There's very few things that I haven't seen from the MCU. Cause I'm invested in that story. I usually want to see that. Whereas most people will not do that. Most people will see a couple movies and they'll watch this series and they'll ignore this other series or whatever else. I think that's what the creators intend. I think the creators know that like there's only a certain amount of things that a certain amount of people will watch and they'll ignore other things like, you know, they'll, you know, they'll watch Hawkeye. Like my dad who 
is not the biggest Marvel fan who has seen a few of the movies was like, ah, I like Hawkeye. I want to watch that. And he's and we, we watched it together. That's the only series he's seen. And it was great. And I enjoyed it. And he, we both enjoyed it. That's it. Um, whereas, you know, I've seen them all. So, you know, and I think there is a – it definitely feels arduous when you're in the camp of I have to watch everything. And there is this thing with – this goes for Star Wars too of just like this whole like wink and a nod, this reference, this, this thing. You have to read everything and see everything with Star Wars especially. It's just like you know, it's – oh, there's a big a, a, a character from a book is showing up in the latest episode of Mandalorian or some guy from, you know, whatever they're referencing this, referencing that. And you feel like you need to watch everything and read everything to, to understand it all. Realistically, I don't think the creators are, are, are coming at it from that thing. I think they're, I think they know that most people won't see it, but I think we put too much pressure on ourselves with this kind of stuff. And I think we have to kind of say, take a step back and go like, okay, Realistically, if you missed Hawkeye, if you missed Moon Knight, if you, especially if you missed Moon Knight, like I loved Moon Knight, but it really was not connected with the MCU hardly at all. And if you right. missed it, you're not things. And guess right. what? Moon Knight might show up in the next Avengers movie, but it still doesn't really require you to go back and watch that whole series if you don't want to. I would recommend it because, like I said, I really liked it, but you don't have to. So I think – so I think we need to – I think if you're suffering from Marvel fatigue, if you like feel like, okay, I this is not for me, this is too much, I would say take a break you know, and wait. And with these shows, like they're all on Disney+. Plus. We're all subscribed to Disney+. Plus. They're always going to be there. If you feel like binging them one day later, that's fine. Um, but they're also – there's the pressure of like this is what everybody's talking about. Today, we're, as of recording, everybody's talking about The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode – Chapter 20. That's what everybody's talking about. And if you're not in on discussion, you're left feeling left out. You got that FOMO. And you know, you gotta go watch it and make sure you're up to speed on everything and you know what everybody's talking about. That yeah. good old fashioned peer pressure. And but it really it all comes down to just do what you feel like and you don't have to, you know, get in on that. Um, I think the also another problem, and I'll finish with this, is that I think Marvel has a problem, and I think Star Wars has suffered from this, is trying to turn storytelling into assembly line and saying we have a schedule to keep we have a quota to make and we have to make this many things that's not how you make stories that's things i understand it's a business they're trying to do this but if you're trying to make this many things in a year stuff's going to start to suffer and we've already seen that with marvel because their VFX artists have suffered for that. They've not yep. been good to that, and there's been a whole controversy around that. So that is all to say that you know, if you're if it's too much for you, don't. But also Marvel maybe maybe needs to re reassess some things. Uh, I hope that answers your question, Scott. <laughs> I was you clearly. I have a lot of thoughts on this. Apparently so, um, but they're all good. They're all good thoughts and. And I think the biggest takeaway is that it's really subjective. Some people are probably getting burned out on it, and some people are not. And it really just depends on how much of it you have consumed, how overwhelmed you are by the consumption, the assembly line nature like you talked about. Um, the other thing, too, is possibly just the influx of programming that there is for us to watch and to choose from. 
our attention is constantly being fought over by different programs and different streaming services. And there's only so much free time that we as human beings possess. You were talking about your barbecue restaurant and your side hustle. I've got my radio program and I'm married. I've got to give time to my wife. Um, I do stuff in my church. I have my nine to five job that sometimes goes past five. Like life gets in the way sometimes. And maybe we don't have the availability to watch as many shows as we used to. And so we're like, hey, I can get caught up on Marvel another time. I'm going to go watch Big Bang Theory reruns right now because that's lighthearted and fun and takes 22 minutes to watch. And then I can go to bed. Right. So it just it just really depends. Um, Danny Dukes in the chat asks, have you guys watched Shrinking? That's that Jason Siegel Harrison Ford show that's on Apple, I believe. I have been meaning to watch it. I have not gotten around to it yet. Again, attention spans. I've only got so much time. I barely got the new episode of Mandalorian in before I started doing all my podcasting tonight. So it's one of those that's on my radar, but it's not necessarily on my watch list yet. Ben? Yeah, that's that's one that I would really like. I've been hearing a lot about it, and I would love to watch it. But again, like there's been – I'm barely keeping up with all the – the marvel and the star wars stuff it seems like every time i sit down there's something new to watch in that realm i can't really get outside that so in one way like like i said i'm not really on the marvel fatigue bandwagon but i am appreciating the fact that we haven't had a marvel show in a little bit because i think overall and especially with star wars we don't really get a chance to appreciate this stuff and actually talk about it in a meaningful way because we're we're talking about an episode for a week and then this episode for a week and then the season's over and then the next week is the new show and everyone forgets about it. And it's just like, no, I really like that thing. I want to talk about that thing for a while. I want to get into it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, one thing that I have been making time for, though, and this is one of those bedtime type of shows that uh, we my, my wife and I watched right before we go to sleep. It's actually pretty heartwarming it's 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 funny it's witty uh it's very adult but it's also got some stuff that kind of tugs at the heartstrings it's a netflix sitcom starring ashton kutcher called the ranch you ever heard of it i believe i have it's got sam elliott in it too and danny masterson before he got accused of all the sexual assault and stuff like that he was uh, co-starring on the show. So we haven't seen him getting written off of the show yet, but the the character dynamic between the three of them is actually really, really good. And it's set in a small town, I think, in Colorado. And so the it's got like a small town feel where everybody knows everybody and they like are all on a first name basis. And it's just a, an approach to family dynamics and life and being uh, a country boy, being a being a rancher, and how you balance all of that, and how you balance life, and it's it's pretty good. Um, it's got, like I said, it's got some stuff that has kind of tugged at the heartstrings and made us want to keep watching. So, uh, under the whole "what you've been watching" category, that is something that I don't necessarily think I would recommend to everyone because it's definitely got a lot of mature content in it especially a lot of cursing but i personally kind of like that because it gives a more 
adult approach to sitcoms. A lot of network sitcoms, they have to hold back because of the FCC regulating what can and cannot be said on Fox or NBC right. or whatever. Being a Netflix show, you can say whatever the hell you want. And most of the time, they do. And I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I, I've, I've, I've been hearing about that for a while. Is that... Is that still happening, or is it? Did it? I think it just it finished. I okay. think I think I think it just recently ended. So we're I we're like kind I heard of about it a while back. We're kind of going through it like from beginning to end now, I suppose. But it took me a while to to get around to watching it. But I think it's got like eighty episodes or something like that. So it's got a pretty good set uh, as far as how much you you end up watching. But I. I, I I've really liked it so far. That's cool. That's cool. That's really good. And it's nice to kind of see something like the sitcom go through, you know, some, you know, evolution. Cause I think that there's been kind of a push with the, you know, that 90s show and whatever else kind of bringing back mm-hmm. that old format. Mm-hmm. Which I think has been gone for a while. That's cool. But also switching things up and doing things, something different, I think is really cool too. Yeah. This one's definitely got kind of a, kind of a different vibe to it but so far i've been enjoying different so it's cool i like that and then the sports fan in me has been watching march madness i know that that's not something i can necessarily bring up too terribly much but i created a man cave specifically so i could multitask and watch a ton of march madness during the opening weekend's events because during the first weekend you can sometimes have four games going on four different channels and I would like pop open my laptop and I had the screens on the walls going and I had my phone open for the game that I didn't care about quite as much, but I still wanted to watch it. And yeah, that first weekend of March Madness, it was hard to get me out of the man cave because that that was something <laughs> I was definitely watching and giving attention to. That's great. That's amazing. It's 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 fun. I I, I, I want to attend a March Madness event at some point. And they had it in Fort Worth last year, but the tickets were ridiculously expensive and I didn't have the time or the money for it. So one of these days, I'm just going to attend a March Madness event at some venue that's going on all day. And I'll watch like four basketball games in one day, even if it's teams that I don't care about. I just want to watch. Yeah, see, I'm I'm not even that big of a sports fan, as you know, but that sounds amazing. That, That would be an amazing thing to attend. Well, and you've been to the Indy 500, which is another sports bucket list of mine. Like, I'm not a huge racing fan, but it's iconic, you know? Yeah, I mean, and I I'm still don't consider myself a big racing fan, but I definitely wasn't prior to going to that. And, you know, it definitely – you understand the power of it. And just, like, yeah. going to an event like that um, – and I'm sure the same can be said for, you know, football game, baseball, whatever. You know, it's – it's it, there's nothing quite like being there. There's nothing quite like right. experiencing it in person. Yeah, the, the atmosphere is different when you've got the right people that are there and super interested and super invested and – um it was really cool because I went to a, a University of Texas football game with uh, Mondo and Edna. And when we came away from the game, Edna was like, man, I kind of wish I had gone to school here because everybody here seems to have a lot of school spirit. And like, I wish I could be a part of that. So, you know, I, I grew up being a Texas fan, so I have a little bit of school spirit, even if I, even if I didn't go. But 
it's kind of cool when you can see the manifestations of that school spirit when people are getting that invested in their teams. That's really cool. Um, quick correction for Tony, though. He says, you guys have both been to Star Wars Celebration, and I wish I could afford it. I actually have never been. Yeah, and I am I am not going this time. <laughs> but you've been to, like, so, two or three, haven't you? I've been to at least three. <laughs> um, but um, I'm going to drag this guy to a celebration at some point. And yep. it, it appears that we're going to be getting a celebration in... 2025 and uh you know it'll probably be on this side of the pond so uh zach and tony this is your chance start start putting those pennies in a jar start saving up gotta start you got you got two years i gotta do the whole uh adventure fund like they do in the movie up (laughs) and then i just take that whole adventure fund out to florida or california this is why I'm a big proponent of like I wish Celebration would travel around more because like I would love it if there was a Celebration Texas where you, you would be driving distance or a Celebration South Dakota for Tony. I I could totally see the the convention center in Dallas trying to host it for sure. Um, they've got like six vendor halls and there's a ton of hotels and Airbnbs nearby. Um, I could totally see that happening. And then like one of the big panels happening at the American airlines center down on the other side of town. So like it's, it's not outside of the realm of possibility, but man, I, I think until Disney sets down roots in Texas, I don't see that happening. You know, we could see like yeah. a Disney San Antonio or or a Disney Austin or something like that. But um, did you know that Universal is building a park here in the North Texas area? I think I heard something about that. It's going to be more kids oriented. There's not going to be a ride that's taller than 100 feet tall. It's going to be more about stuff that's themed elements that makes you feel immersed in the Universal properties. But, uh, yeah, they're building a theme park in Frisco, Texas, which is about a 45-minute drive, hour drive from where I live. And uh, it should be constructed in the next couple of years. They they uh, announced it, and I think they broke ground on the, on the property. So, um, yeah, we're going to get a Universal Studios here in North Texas, not too far away from now. But I, I would like to see something disney related make its way to texas so that they could justify having a celebration here for sure well i mean come on like it's about time they started building like stuff not in orlando <laughs> like i know like you can build a theme park not in orlando florida or in los angeles like you can do that guys it's not impossible also most of the people in America, live between those places. So yeah. maybe maybe think about putting it where people can can access well, it easier. And that's what I love about the idea of it being in Texas, particularly in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, is there's a major international airport. It's the second largest, third largest airport in the United States behind maybe like, like JFK and O'Hare down in Atlanta. And right. so it, it is a very very big international airport it's up there with lax and stuff like that so you could easily handle the the passengers the commuters flying in and out for sure and 
I don't know. I, I'm going off on a, off the rails a little bit. Tony says there's a Nickelodeon theme park in the Mall of America up in Minnesota. That's pretty cool. I've there always wanted is. to go. I've always wanted to go, but I've heard it's like a two or three day thing. I don't know if I could survive two or three days in the frozen tundra of the north part of the country. Just go in the summertime. Um, I have been to Mall of America, and that's a really that's a really. I mean, it's got a giant atrium in the middle of it with with a theme park. Yeah, it's 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 huge and it's nice. That's crazy. That is crazy. Okay, well, enough about what I've been watching. We got way off track here. Um, what what have you been watching lately, man? I, I know that you saw something that our buddy Steven saw recently. I haven't yes. really gotten to to have the chance to watch it yet, although it did just win an Oscar. So I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on that. Well, yeah, that was part of the reason that I watched it. I mean, I've been wanting to watch it for a while anyway, but I usually with movies, I'll just be like, hey, that looks good. I want to see that. And then I just never got around to it because it it, it takes it's a time commitment, um, especially this movie was like two and a half hours long. So, you know, it's 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 a lot to kind of sit down and have some some downtime, which I don't have very much of. I'm just down to watch a movie, but I'm glad I did because it was the night after the Oscars that I finally decided to sit down and watch everything, everywhere, all at once. This is a movie that Steven Schinder, our friend Steven Schinder, has been uh, all about, has been banging on this drum for months as the superior multiverse movie, I think is what he calls it. Um, and because everyone's been talking about uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which we actually talked about on this show, but we never got around to this one. And I must say, this movie is is the one of the most bonkers things I have ever seen in my life, truly. And I say that I've seen a lot of crazy things, a lot of really – I mean I think now more than ever, media and movies and TV shows, they're not really afraid to do crazy things. Um and go out on a limb with something crazy, but everything everywhere all at once just takes the cake in just how things. I don't, I don't want to talk in detail about what happens. Um, if you've seen the trailers, if you've heard chatter, you probably have a good idea what the movie is, and and I certainly did, but I didn't quite expect it to both be as insane as it is, but also work as well as it is, is because obviously it's it's about the multiverse, it's about different universes and all the kind of stuff but it, it's not like the marvel universe where it's like these are kind of built in you can kind of understand that like oh this movie's in this universe and this movie's in this universe it's completely from the ground up kind of its own laws and physics and you know rules of their own multiverse and it just builds on itself and it works i don't know how these people wrote this script i don't know how they actually made this work on paper much less conveyed it to the actors and made it all work but it does um and i think it absolutely deserved all the oscars it got it truly did um kiki kwan who's been getting a lot of love lately is well deserved well all the the acclaims he's been getting has been he's he's amazing he's the highlight of the movie to me um and it's just great to have that actor back that you know the little short round he was great in last crusade and I think we all can say that we kind of forgot about him, didn't know what happened to him, and now he's back and doing incredible. Um, and he is the highlight of that movie. He is so great, and but everyone's great. Like there's not a 
bad performance in the whole movie. I mean, two of the two of the actresses got uh, got a uh, supporting actress nods at the Oscars, and Jamie Lee Curtis won, which was crazy. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend see this movie just to say that you've seen it and to experience it because even if you think you know what you're expecting you don't you you, you have no idea what to expect see and I, and i really feel like out of all the stuff we've talked about this is where i've got the most fomo because um i had this problem about five years ago with the best picture winner mm-hmm. and it, it was um the shape of water oh yeah Shape of Water won Best Picture, and I remember not having seen it yet. I, I tweeted something to the effect of, like, The Shape of Water? Best Picture? Really? <laughs> and I got to tell you, that is, like, top five of the worst takes I've ever had in my life. <laughs> because it is a spectacular movie. I, I finally watched it on DVD one night or Blu-ray one night in the quiet of my bedroom. And the whole second half of the movie, I was cursing myself for not getting around to seeing it in the theaters. I was like, I wish I was seeing this on the big screen. I wish I was watching this in a theater with other people. And I really, really now fear that everything everywhere all at once is going to be one of those types of pictures where I watch it and I'm going to go, damn it. I can't believe I didn't see that on the big screen. I love Michelle Yeoh. I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I love Kihi Kwan. I love the, the idea that a trippy science fiction multiverse exploration type of movie is what's winning best picture. Like we are truly in a great time for cinema that this type of stuff is being considered. Back in the 70s, Star Wars was not being considered, even though it was completely revolutionary for its time. And now here we have stuff that is both imaginative and innovative, and it is getting the accolades that it deserves. So I'm super excited for the opportunity to watch it whenever I do. But again, I just have no idea when the heck that's going to be. It's funny. I think this kind of ties in well with our little Marvel fatigue discussion because I think there is a there's a certain amount of there's some snobbery involved, but I think there's also some genuine criticism about how the where the movie industry overall is going, and the fact that you know Marvel movies are really the dominating force, and how that is kind of to a certain degree, um, or maybe even to a large degree. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not an expert on this, but kind of choking out some smaller, more independent works, you know, making it harder for people to just make a movie that's not involving superheroes. I mean, I understand that for frustration, but I think this proves, this movie proves that it can still happen and big swings. And this is movie is a tremendous swing. I don't know how, they did it. I genuinely don't know how you can do this movie and make it work and not sound like a crazy person in the first pitch meeting. Like just <laughs> it's just phenomenal. But and it's very it's just so many layers. It's so complicated. The script is so good um, and it does well with what it does. And like I said, I don't I don't know how they did it, but they did it and it makes it work. And, and coming at this from a completely kind of fresh mind 
of just like, I'm just going to go watch that. I'm still like surprised. And even, you know, some of the spoilers that are in this, I mean, if there it really is any spoilers, it's just like, I was surprised. I'm like, Oh, this person's in this and that happened. And then all this stuff. And then it also comes around to a very emotional point and, and even makes you cry at certain points. Like it's, it's that powerful of a movie. Okay, I'm sold. I just got to figure out when in my schedule I'm going to get to see it. Um, I okay, okay. I will just I'll just throw this out there to you. Mm-hmm. I got a free trial of Showtime to watch it. Um, if you have if you have time in the next 30 days, hit me up. <laughs> or the well, next 25 I, I, days. If I have time in the next 30 days, then maybe next month's episode will be a more in-depth discussion of that movie possibly um and for the record if you're ever looking if you ever need uh tips on uh, how to get movies for free through completely legal we ways you're just cheating uh free trials hit me up interesting interesting um before we move on to our last two discussion topics i just want to give a quick thank you to joey mays for his support of the show uh he's at the shout out friend here on our patreon we're still doing that even if we're kind of restructuring how we do top fives and stuff like that so if you are interested in financially contributing to the show like joey is doing you can do that at patreon.com slash ipc podcast we've had some really really awesome supportive people in the past and uh we're we're trying to keep it as immersive as possible with monthly programming i know that we're not doing the best at it but we're definitely trying and uh we appreciate everybody that does put their money where their mouth is as far as supporting this show goes i'm pretty sure matthias is still a subscriber i know dan grievous has contributed in times Mm -hmm. in the past our friend jesse um has has been a, a very helpful over the over the course of the last couple of years off and on again and he even contributed to my trip down to round rock to go do baseball broadcasting so he was helping ipc and then he ended up helping me personally do some some really cool stuff um out of town about a month ago so um there's a really great community here at ipc and if you want to join that be sure to go check out the uh intergalactic peace hangout group on facebook or go follow us on our socials at IPC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We also have pretty much all of our shows available on Podbean at ipcpodcast.podbean.com. And we even have some swag available at teepublic, tpublic.com, slash user, slash IPC Podcast. Indeed. Yeah, and uh, we'll yeah definitely definitely join the Facebook group. That's where we post the most, or it's where everyone posting the most. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll think it, it's it's hard to do. Like I I would love to do like extra shows and stuff specifically for Patreon and stuff like that. But uh, sometimes it's a struggle just to put this show together. It so can, um, it can be, yeah. So with our current schedule, we're we're still trying to work through some problems, but we we still want to give you guys the opportunity to contribute to the show both financially if you're willing and also through your comments and whatever else and you know also give us a chance to give you guys something in return well and it's those comments that are helping create the structure of the show tonight so even you know that prompt that we put out there for people has kind of helped shape how things are going this evening 
But before we get to uh, Chris Abbott's questions about the stuff from the galaxy far, far away, I want to spend maybe like five, ten minutes if we can talking about this really, really trippy ass weird movie about a bear <laughs> that isn't called Paddington, but is about as on drugs as the Paddington movies. Cocaine Bear, based on events from real life and then extrapolated to the most extreme of circumstances. How many times did you watch this movie and sit there and go, what the hell am I watching? It's amazing. I've been on a journey with the Cocaine Bear this past, uh, maybe close to a year now, because I listened to a podcast about this that told the story of this. And this is before the Cocaine Bear movie had even been announced, I think. Um, and it's a wild story. Just the story itself, the true story that this is based on. If you haven't uh, – going, and I'll, I'll, I'll shout out the podcast, the episode of Do Go On, which is one of my favorite podcasts. They did a whole episode on this. You'll look that up. It's a great story if you want the real story. Um, but that in and of itself was crazy. Then understanding this story and how they extrapolated it out into a full-length movie took – heavy creative liberties with the original story um and just the fact that the, the there is a real cocaine bear there is the 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 bear that is the movie is based on is stuffed i think it's somewhere in kentucky or something i'm not sure you have to look it up um but just this movie is wild um it's got um uh, uh, carrie russell's in it um, you've got O'Shea Jackson Jr. and Alden Ehrenreich, who are kind of a duo in this, who I love. They're both obviously big Star Wars actors as of late, and you know they're so much fun. And the bear, the bear is just is 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 wild. It's it's a crazy movie. I'm not saying this is the best movie ever, not even the best movie of the year. But if you have some time, if you have about 90 minutes to kill, it absolutely is worth it because it's bonkers. It's it's so crazy because it, it's got like a family and a human component to it. When right. you look at like the the friendship dynamic between Eddie and David, who are played by Aaron Reich and O'Shea Jackson Jr. Right. Um, but then you've also got like the mother daughter relationship going on with Carrie Russell and Brooklyn Prince. Brooklyn Prince is making a name for herself, kind of like what we got. With uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I would not be surprised if Brooklyn Prince ended up as a younger version of another character or something in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. She was in the one and only Ivan, and she was in um, the Lego movie 2 and Angry Birds 2 before she ended up in this movie. So it's she's amazing how many great child actors are around now. Like so many of them, they're all excellent. You got Vivian Lyra Blair, you got this one, you got all the Stranger Things kids. Like there's so many. It's it's crazy, and I, I really liked the the character dynamics, the the relationships that were built, some of the phrases that were said, some of the interactions, the responses to each other and to the actions of the bear. Um, the bear was poorly animated. Like you could tell the sequences that were real and the sequences that were not, uh, but it was, it was just a funny, fun romp. You, you, there were, there were times where the bear would be completely strung out and it would be very docile. 
and and it would just you know fall asleep on one of the characters. <laughs> I think it fell asleep on Eddie at one point, and you're just like, it what does. the hell? You're like, what it the does. hell? But then there are other times where it is just on a rampage, and there's all kinds of crazy crap hitting the fan. And we don't usually talk about R-rated movies, but this is just one of those that you're like, what on earth? What on earth prompted you to actually make this? And you know what's even worse than the fact that Cocaine Bear exists? The fact that um, there is now going to be a spoof of Cocaine Bear that's made from the producers of Sharknado. What is this, Meth Gator? This is Attack of the Meth Gator. Wait, is this real? No, it's real. Did you did you just make it up? I I thought that was a joke. Oh, dude, it's really happening. Oh my god, of course it is. Attack of the Meth Gator is being made by the people who made Sharknado, and is the same people that made Zombies. So instead oh, of that, spoofing, well, that's a recipe for success right there. Instead of spoofing Jurassic World, they're going to spoof a movie that's already a spoof on a true story. They are spoofing Cocaine Bear and turning it into Attack of the Meth Gator. Now, was there a real Meth Gator? Because that sounds like a that sounds like a whacked out redneck story if I've ever heard one. <laughs> like, it's 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 based on the hypothesis that it's possible. I think okay. there was an I think there was an interview that was had with a a scientist in Florida who was upset at people flushing their meth down the toilet. <laughs> and he was telling people not to do that because it doesn't dispose of the drugs properly and it ends up in the water filtration system and it could get absorbed by the local wildlife. So oh, it's like boy. it's like this hypothesis that if somebody flushed down a literal crap load of meth and it ended up in the sewage that a gator happens to be in then it's entirely possible that said gator could become a meth head i just figured it would be as simple as oh yeah a gator got into a meth lab in the swamp and ate some i figured i figured that would be the crux of the story but that, mm. that also there's there's maybe there's some science behind it there's no science behind either of these movies. <laughs> I think I truly think that Cocaine Bear's success was based on its social media marketing. Number one, right? They they marketed the heck out of this movie so incredibly well that people wanted to come see what it was about. And it was also during a downtime for pictures. It wasn't like during the summer blockbuster season and there wasn't a whole lot to see outside of maybe Creed 3 and Quantumania. So it didn't have a whole lot of competition. And people showed up for this movie. I'm not saying it's completely worth showing up for, but I definitely had some laughs and I definitely enjoyed some of the characterization and some of the stories that they told. It was a fun romp. It wasn't amazing. It's not going to win Best Picture, but it was fun. Yeah, I think it it definitely the lack of movies at the box office and you know the kind of slow time slow time of the year for movies definitely helped. I think it also helped that people just I mean when this, the trailer dropped, it was like oh my god, it was just like a huge viral moment. 
um people were talking about this like nonstop you know just th- that that name that title just conjures up so much imagery um so i think people were fascinated with it but i think also it helped that it wasn't it wasn't terrible like it's actually like it's a pretty well put together well acted fun movie it's not the best but it's not terrible either it's it's not zombies it's it's actually a half decent movie you've got elizabeth uh, elizabeth banks um you've got some good talent um actually in it um you get the one of the last performances of ray liotta um it's actually it, it deals with a lot of different characters and it pretty much juggles them pretty well i think and it got some pretty good buzz with the critics i think most of the critics reviews are like hey this movie's not half bad go see it like i think that really helped it um along that like okay it's not it sounds terrible it sounds ridiculous but it's actually not terrible. It's actually half decent. So maybe you should give it some time. Um, and just it just helped. So I think it uh, again, again, a big swing. Cocaine Bear. Who would have mm-hmm. thought, you know, mm-hmm. this this movie would be successful. But here we are. So, you know, watch out for Attack of the Meth Gator or um, I don't know. Um, what What could be next? I mean, next, I, uh, we, uh, uh, I don't think that would be very entertaining, like a like a, a weed lion, like a, a lion <laughs> ate a bunch of weed. He'd just be a chill lion. <laughs> he'd just be he'd just be super chill. Uh, man, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Hit us up on social media, folks. We, we've got the cocaine bear and we got the meth gator. Mix, what should what should be mix, the next mix illicit drugs? with wild animals what what can we come up with we can come up with a next big blockbuster that I mean, someone we, in hollywood's going to steal our idea and make a billion dollars off of it probably could yeah just uh just write elizabeth banks let her know apparently nobody wanted to make this movie so she's like all right screw it i'm just gonna make it myself <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's yeah, turned it's to funny. profit yeah yeah so i i'm hey more the merrier and i don't want to give any, any spoilers but this movie does not – definitely leaves the door open for a sequel, so I would not put it past them. Like they could do a sequel if they wanted to. Cocaine Bear 2? It's it's possible. Stranger Things have happened. Four seasons of Stranger Things have happened. Strange, the Stranger Things kids versus the Cocaine Bear. Some of those some of those kids in the movie reminded me of like the OG Stranger Things kids from season one, so – they, they there's some i mean it's it's kids doing crazy stuff in the woods on their own so it's kind of very very big stranger things vibes <laughs> only only they're dropping f bombs they ate a spoonful of cocaine <laughs> out of a brick that they found yeah never <laughs> never never a picture dustin doing meth <laughs> <laughs> or, or cocaine no 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 oh, oh boy, boy. The the heroin hippo. Maybe that's what we do. <laughs> that, it rhymes too. See, there you go. There you go. It's got the it's got the mnemonic attachment to it. The, it's an the, African safari gone raw. The hungry, hungry heroin hippo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next big blockbuster, guys. Get oh it. lord. Oh. Okay. All right. Time to time to bring this thing home and and talk about some of the stuff from uh the galaxy far far away we've been teasing right. about it we've been talking about it 
let's spend the next 10, 15 minutes just talking about our impressions on things. Um, the Bad Batch is almost over. Apparently yep. there's only the, the season finale left, but we're only halfway through Mandalorian. So I don't really know how fair it is to truly assess either of these because we haven't seen how Bad Batch concludes yet at the timing of this recording. And we haven't seen the second half of Mandalorian. So how how do you want to approach this? Yeah, I don't know, because this was specifically requested by our good buddy Chris Abbott for Star Raptor from YouTube. So thanks so much for 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 writing in, Chris. Um, and uh, we we obviously will will give some thoughts on this, but you know, add the addendum that you know we we haven't seen the whole thing yet. Um, the as of recording of the uh, I guess you would say the penultimate episode of the Bad Batch season two, uh, Tipping Points just released um yeah and, and I, also, I haven't even i haven't even seen it yet yeah so um my, and my then most also, recent viewing is what is it called pabu or something like that <laughs> pabu yes classic um that, and then is also that what it is? i'm sorry that's I think, exactly what it is you got it oh okay because i i think there's a character with that same name in the legend of Korra. So I thought that, I was that definitely I, and see when i saw the episode listing i i thought is that a character name pabu I would know it's the name of the island, apparently. Um, also, some people think that island is on Scarif. Oh. Which blows my freaking mind. I don't believe it, but <laughs> what if? I I don't know about Scarif, but what about um what about the the, the planet that Luke lives on? Octo, yeah. Octo. I kept wanting to say Skellig Michael. I was like, why am I thinking of the original name and not Achoo? This is possible too. I guess there can be more than one uh, mostly water with a few islands planets in the Star Wars yeah. galaxy. Yeah. But all that is to say that we – and we also just watched um, uh, chapter 20 of The Foundling of The Mandalorian. And that was a crazy episode, was it not? It was. It really was. Um, I am one of those people that has really, really enjoyed this first half of the season of Mando. I get where people are coming from um, with some of these perspectives that there have been a couple episodes that feel like nothing burgers um, right. is the phrase that I've heard from some people. <laughs> um, but I think that they need to have these opportunities to grow the characters. And, and I think that the only way you do that is with some backstory and with some development. And, you know, seasons one and two have been all about the missions. It's been all about the side quests. It's all about if you lose Grogu, you got to recover him. Their lives have been crazy for the last little while. And it's kind of nice to have them go on a mission that is about them rather than something that's about Moff Gideon. So I have kind of appreciated the step back that they've taken, but I know that that's not necessarily the vibe that the show has given for the past two seasons. So I understand why people are a little upset by it. But for me, it's been kind of a breath of fresh air. Right. I, 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 get, I get where people are coming from, even though I disagree with them, 
I think we are seeing a general shift. I actually talked a little bit of this about the most recent SWU that like I think they are, especially with episode three of season three of just like, hey, let's go off and do something with Dr. Pershing and Kane and, you know, let's fill us in more on what the New Republic situation is. That's their setting stuff up. This isn't necessarily going to impact seeing things in season three. Yes, some of it might be boring to some people, but it's absolutely going to be important in future seasons, future shows. I think they're building a universe here where we seemingly dubbed this the Mandoverse, but it's happening. We've got Ahsoka, we've got Skeleton Crew. We might have other shows on the horizon that are going to be existing in this timeline and crossing over with each other. Um, so I think that's what Mandalorian Season 3 is doing, is taking a step back, taking things a little bit slower. Um, John Favreau has been very open with the fact that Season 3 won't be the last season, far from it. There's going to be Season 4, 5 into the future. The show is not ending anytime soon. So what do you do when you have basically unlimited money and unlimited resources and you're John Favreau and you've just been, hey, giving keys to the kingdom? Of course, you may take it a little bit slower. And just take a step back and reassess the characters and start building towards something really, really big, but take your time with it. And that's what the season's doing. It's just it's not taking and this most recent episode, people are like banging on about, oh, it's filler or whatever. Like, yeah, there was a you know, they went and rescued a Kim from a, a nest of a giant pterodactyl. Like, didn't wasn't overall that story heavy or character driven. But there was some big character beats in there. There's obviously a big flashback for Grogu, and there was a big thing with Bo-Katan, you know, with her dealing with the Mythosaur, and that stuff's going to come into play later. And, you know, we're learning stuff about the characters. It's not – people are very impatient these days, and you can't blame them because – you know, we've got a limited amount of episodes, and we get eight episodes every couple of years, and that's it. And, you know, we're already halfway through the season. I get it. But um, it's not about the destination. It's the journey. And I think we are on a big, big journey with Mandalorian. Yeah, Mando's just got so much more to offer. And if if these are the episodes that are laying the foundation for what is still to come, even then, I still feel like the stuff that we're getting with Mando season three means more than some of the stuff that we got from book of Boba Fett. And, and, and I don't yeah. say that to be disparaging to book of Boba Fett. It's got a different tone that it's trying to tell. It's got a different type of story that it's trying to tell, but I feel like the way that Mando is telling it is just a little more clear and a little more concise I feel like there were several scenes and maybe even entire episodes of Book of Boba Fett that just weren't necessary. And this most recent episode, it has an A plot, it has a B plot, and it has character development all within 28 minutes. And I know some people that are going to complain that it was so short, but I don't think it needed to be much longer. You have you have the A plot of the the foundling getting kidnapped. And you have the B-plot of Grogu learning what it means to be a Mandalorian and trying to face his Jedi past. And that's really all you need. It doesn't have to be more complex than that. You don't need some sort of Imperial warlord showing up and causing a problem. You don't need to, to have Bo take her helmet off and create conflict with the clan. Like, she's actually 
immersing herself and and finding a family, which I think is really cool. And to to be the clan leader, uh, not the clan leader, but the 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 war party leader, she has the quote unquote honor of sitting at the fire during mealtime. Right. That is that is something that people have been asking about Mando culture since season one is how do you eat your meals? Well, in this one, we actually find out. It's a little tidbit, but it's important, and it answers a question that people have been asking. And I just feel like it actually tells a lot in a very short amount of time. They did a good job with it. Yeah, I think – I personally think, as much as I like both episodes, I think this episode in a lot of ways was better and more engaging than the previous episode, even though the previous episode, episode uh, chapter 19, was – one of the longest episodes in the entire show's run. Um, this episode was one of the shortest, but I think they packed so much into this episode and gave us so much um, that, you know, I think it was really great. Um, and people generally have a short memory because I've, I've seen a few comments today of people going like, what's going on? Where's it going? Who's the villain? You know, what, what's thing? It's like, do you remember season one of Mando? <laughs> do you remember them just like, him just going off and having these random adventures and going to this planet and you know he you know and they just have a little adventure and it's one and done and there was no villain there was no overarching thing people are always looking for the payoff you have to build up something to pay off you have to you have to you know write the check before you can spend it or cash it or whatever things i think tony gilroy something like something like this some, similar recently but um so they're building up to something and there's there's obviously stuff happening with bo katan and with grogu and with din and all this kind of stuff we just gotta wait for it um i think this show is doing a really good job lately of really building up stuff and doing some interesting things and on top of all that giving us some really great actions really intriguing character moments um and freaking the return of Ahmed Best as yeah man did you did you actually did you know Keller and Beck before this episode? Uh no I did not know that name. So for those who don't know is that from the know, TV show? From the TV show. So there the game, was the Jedi, game show. Right. So for the yeah. Jedi Temple challenges, this game show they created it was kind of. It, did, it ran for like one season. Um, it was kind of this spin-off, spin on the old like Temple Challenge or whatever from like the 90s, which I think they are also brought back recently from Nickelodeon. But basically he was the Jedi Master, and he was kind of – it was kind of the game show was supposed to be in-universe. He was Jedi Master Keller and Beck, and he was you know doing this whole thing and testing these apprentices and whatever else in the show. Obviously, the show didn't go very far, but the character was canon. It was Ahmed Best, who played Jar Jar Binks, is now back as his character. And I think it was the best choice. Out of all the people that could have been outside of that door that could have rescued Grogu, I think he was the best choice because, for one, it's just a really cool cameo, and it's not like, oh, it's it's Kiyadi Mundi or whatever else. It's not someone we really, really, really know that everyone would like recognize. Right. Um. But it's also giving giving Ahmed Best something. The guy has been through hell <laughs> playing Jar Jar Binks, um, and to no fault of his own. He always just did his job and was so gracious and so sweet 
and really good at it. He's always been a great actor. You, no one's ever – people hated the character of Jar Jar Binks, but they never doubted his performance. He was always great at it. Right. Uh, I'm glad that now it's come back around, and he's getting to play this character that is so much different than Jar Jar, just complete opposite of Jar Jar, this very stoic, badass Jedi who can fight with dual – Dual, dual wheel with lightsabers and rescues Grogu and gets him off planet and is flying a Naboo cruiser, which I don't get. I don't understand where that fits in. Yeah, I mean, unless it was Senator Banks who assisted in Grogu's escape. That's I, I've heard that theory, and I'm wondering what does Jar Jar tie into this? I think considering the Naboo ties and the Naboo fighter, unless it was Padme but I don't think it was because she was kind of preoccupied during order 66. So yeah, I yeah the timeline of that because she's kind of clueless as to what's going on. And she's very much on Anakin's side, really at that point, like Mm -hmm. why would she, you know, Bail Organa's out there. Like it would make sense if it was, um, if it was like a tainted four vehicle or like some kind of Alderanian craft. Right. It's like, Oh yeah, maybe he's working with Bail Organa because Bail Organa was there at the, it order 66. Um, it doesn't make sense with Bane, but it makes sense if it because Jar Jar's absent in Revenge of the Sith. We don't see him at all. So what was he doing the whole time? Who knows? Who knows? But they Spicy. get away. They get away. And his his character is still alive. So I feel like this isn't the last of him that we've seen either, which is also really intriguing. I'm hoping for more of these Grogu flashbacks were not necessarily like an arrow type of like every episode you get a flashback to kind of catch you up kind of thing. But eventually Grogu is going to have to face his past in order to be able to approach his, his present and his future. And it'd be really cool to see some of that and see some more Ahmed best in those flashbacks. Yeah. I mean, and that's a far cry him escaping, escaping Coruscant in a Naboo cruiser with Master Keller and Beck, that's a very different from where we find him in Mandalorian season one, where he's being quote unquote protected by a bunch of Nictos, Nicto right. pirates or whatever else on that planet. Right. Like, how does he get there? What happened to him? Right. Um, so I'm, I don't know. They might, I mean, they kind of set up the question in season two ahsoka was like someone's took him from the temple we don't know who and they paid it off in this episode so i'm like will they tell the whole story will we find out where killer and beck went feels like something that needs to be answered at some point it's just like okay there's this other jedi out there that we know survived you know and we know he's not with grogu in the future so what happened yeah and i mean it's a real testament to killer and beck that he's one of the very few percentage of jedi that actually escaped order 66 and operation nightfall so to uh to not explore where he's at now would actually be kind of a disservice to the jedi lineage because we see what happens to someone like ahsoka we see yoda go into hiding we see what happens to ben kenobi like there's there's a lot of characters that are force sensitive slash Jedi type characters that we get to discover their fate. Uh, I think it's only fair that we do that for Calderon Beck as well. Yeah, and I think it's it's kind of sets a precedent because like if you think about it, I I, I don't have a extreme 
you know, extremely high knowledge of the EU, but I know in canon, most of the Jedi that escaped Order 66 were kind of out in the field. They were kind of out on planets, and you have Kanan or Cal Kestis or Obi-Wan right. Yoda and all those guys that are kind of like – they're out there, right. and they were able to like defeat their clones or whatever else and get away, whereas you don't have as many stories that are actually set in the Jedi Temple where somebody actually was able to survive because it seems like that – the clones kind of snuck up on them and were able to trap them in the temple and kill them all. And like, they really couldn't escape the temple, but Kellen Beck did. So, you know, what is that? He's, will he see an outlier? Is he one of the few? He gets to the temple. He gets to the, it almost, I read the situation as like, that was kind of the end of it when he escapes because he gets to the, the landing platform and they're like, where are the other Jedi? And he's like, there are no others. Like they're all dead. Right. Right. I, I think he's able to sense the loss. Yeah. I, I much like much like Yoda can sense right. it from the other side of the galaxy. He can tell that nobody else escaped. Nobody else made it. It's just me and the little one. And he takes his role very seriously. He recognizes this is an important job that I've got. This is the future of the Jedi Order that I've got in my possession. I gotta take care of him. And he doesn't wait around. He he takes he takes matters into his own hands and takes off. And then we see them jump to hyperspace and we don't see what happens next. So that was really fascinating. Seeing that Paz Vizsla had a son was fascinating. Right. And seeing the mythosaur skull on Bo's replacement armor, I think is foreshadowing to stuff that we saw from a couple of episodes prior, because if the armor says that the mythosaur is for everyone, then, you know, that's part of their culture. That's part of their lineage. But because she has seen one, I think she is going to have kind of a split house situation where she carries the history of the night owl with her family's sigil, but kind of has the opportunity to forge her own path. If she should find a way back to Mandalore and discover the mythosaur. Yeah, I think they're definitely setting something up because I was assuming that like, oh, Din has the dark saber and he's gonna, you know, Grogu's gonna tame the the mythosaur and he'll ride the mythosaur and he'll be the leader of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. And looking is looking like at the very least, Bo Katan sees this as she wants that. She's forgotten all about the dark saber. She oh, knows. Yeah. Oh that, yeah, that mythosaur is down there, and I'm gonna ride that thing, and it's gonna be mine, and I'm gonna be the leader of Mandalore. Or what I'm hoping is that they get over this nonsense about there has to be one leader of Mandalore or whatever else. You know, let Din and Bo-Katan share the power, and let's get over this whole thing of let's kill each other for the throne of Mandalore. Um, let's create a new Mandalore where we can share the power. That's what I'm hoping. I, don't, I still don't know where it's going um, for everyone that's like, where is this going? Like, they're, they're, they're telegraphing it. Like, they're showing you. Like, Din Din has the Darksaber. He's still learning. Grogu's learning. But Bo-Katan is on a journey. She is really thinking. I think that's one of the things that I really like about this show is character growth. For characters that you weren't even expecting to have growth. You know, we're learning a little bit more about Paz Vizsla. We're learning a little bit more about the armor. We're learning a little bit more about Bo-Katan. 
we're learning a little bit more just about the the way of the the children of the watch and how how certain intricacies make up their culture and their way of life like we explored a lot in this episode and we've explored a lot in this season and i'm i'm hopeful that it'll have a pretty big payoff in the second half of the season i will say there have been a lot of ups and downs about the bad batch but there was one component that really stood out above the rest. I really liked the mid-season finale with truth and consequences. And then I really loved, what was it? Um, The Outpost. Yeah. The Outpost is probably one of the best pieces of Star Wars we've gotten in the last couple of years. Really? It was fantastic storytelling very compelling had great set design great characters great writing there were just so many pieces that all fell into place just so incredibly well and i just i really really enjoyed that episode such a beautiful episode there's been so many beautiful episodes i think this season that i think some people, including myself, have been a little frustrated with the pacing, you know, the overall pacing. Sometimes you'll get up an episode where it's like the outpost, and it's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Both the Crosshair episodes of this season have been stellar, in my opinion. Um, but there's been other episodes where it's like, oh, it's racing, and it's kind of lighthearted fun, and you kind of don't mm. expect each week. Yeah. But when it when it hits, it hits. And I don't want to give any spoilers, but this latest episode, Tipping Whites, is another real heavy-hitting episode. Um, I'm delighted to tell you that, yeah, Crosshair's back, and he has some pretty big moments. And, That's yeah, it's good. definitely definitely setting up for a big finale. I don't want to get into it for those of you who haven't seen especially you. But, um, yeah, The Outpost was great. Truth and Consequences was fantastic. All of them – not just from a writing perspective, but also from a visual perspective. There's some shots in this new episode where I was like, man, this is some of the most beautiful episode I've ever seen in Star Wars animation. Star Wars mm. animation continues to build. And I think as much as – I think honestly, if I had to be honest here, because I'm never honest. I'm always lying. Um, but um, if I'm being completely honest, there was some – a few – shoddy effects in this most recent mandalorian episode there's like some uh, a, few, a few shots and i'm like i don't know if i buy that it's a little that's a little you know it seems like they're not maybe the budget has has taken a nosedive whereas bad batch is always on point this most recent episode gorgeous just some from the scenery to the characters to the acting you know there's some great space shots that are incredible there's some great space battles um it's just it's just gorgeous all around. Bad Batch has definitely taken from Clone Wars, Rebels, and everything like that, and, and expanded and gotten better. Also, I, I I completely agree with everything that you're saying. Like I I don't have much to piggyback off of that. But the other thing that got me excited and that got my sister excited, freaking Zillow Beast, man! I know, I know. That's a deep cut. That was only two episodes. years later. That was only two episodes. That was a decade and a piece ago. And it makes a triumphant return. Oh, my gosh. 
freaking loved it. Yeah, and that that's just so good for so many different reasons. Like it's perfect for this show, but also it's this long running gag. It's something that I genuinely like. I had almost given up hope on. It's just like you know they're never really gonna come back to this. And it's just something that Clone Wars, being Clone Wars, it left thread open, and it was maybe going to come back to it in season 10, but season 10 never happened. So here we are in basically what is season 10 of Clone Wars? Yeah, <laughs> it's Bad more Batch or season less. two. More and or here less. We are. Here we are. We've got the Zilla Beast is back. We've got multiple Zilla Beasts apparently. Um, just great. Just just really and adds another layer to it now that we're in this post-imperial era where the whole idea of you know a clone Zillow beast is kind of terrifying for multiple reasons yeah well and the idea of what you're going to do with decommissioned clones is also really fascinating i i love that they had ryo chuchi become the advocate for them and uh, to to see the inner workings and the politics behind the phasing out of clone troopers and the introduction of stormtroopers, that's another really, really fascinating component that I don't know if any other show would be able to address it the way that Bad Batch is. Like, I, I can't see an Andor-style show addressing that. I can't see even a Mando-style show addressing it. But the Bad Batch... It can handle it, and it's handling it really well. So to answer your question, Chris, I am really enjoying both shows. Um, Mando has been the one that I've been prioritizing lately just because it's easier for that one to get spoiled for me on social media. But I am That's, really yeah. I'm really enjoying Bad Batch as well. Yeah, Um, if you're listening to this live and if for some reason you have not seen the most recent Mandalorian episode – don't go on social media because they have just been straight up spoiling everything. Um, I mean, we just we, we, we just spoiled, spoiled everything too. too. We just spoil it too. But if you don't want to see anything, <laughs> I mean, we we kind of we kind of just gave everybody. We kind of we, we kind of ruined. We should have ruined. We should have done spoiler alert before doing all that. But oops. Well. Um. Oh well. But um. We're 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 um. Yeah, I just just be careful. I I always caution everybody like if you if you haven't seen a certain episode, um don't go on social media and definitely don't listen to any podcasts <laughs> because um people will not hold back, okay? Will not hold back. Um and when we're talking about it, we won't hold back either. Um we try to give out spoiler warnings, but we just missed it this week. Well, we just got really caught up and got really excited about all the stuff we had to talk about, and that's a good thing. Because we only get to do this for a couple of hours once a month, so got to make the most of our time, and I feel like we did that tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, if we spoiled you, sorry, but uh, we're just getting a little excited, and uh, yeah, this is your reminder that if you aren't watching Star Wars, you, you definitely should because we're we this is a amazing time to be a Star Wars fan. We have two shows, and they're both really, really good. <laughs> All we need is uh, a, a third one to pick up as soon as Bad Batch Season 2 concludes. But Well, um, I mean, we've got a Volume 2 of Visions coming around shortly. And apparently Skeleton Crew and – is it the Acolyte? Is Acolyte coming? Or Acolyte, I think, is filming now. 
I think Acolyte's um, filming, but it's not due until 2024. Yeah, so we're getting that next year. So we're getting Skeleton Crew now, and we're getting another show that I'm. We're getting Ahsoka. We're getting Ahsoka this year. Oh, are we getting Ahsoka like this fall, like uh, September, October, maybe? I think they said like late summer, early fall, maybe. Ooh, okay. So I'm maybe excited I'm for thinking that. maybe after Mandalorian wraps up, I think Ahsoka is going to be the next one, and then maybe Skeleton Crew towards the end of the year, maybe. Yeah, that would make the most sense. You do Visions sometime over the summer, and then you do Ahsoka in the early fall, Skeleton Crew late fall, and then Acolyte sometime in the spring of 24. And that's why I'm fully expecting um, not Ahsoka showing up in Mandalorian Season 3, but I'm expecting some other characters, some other very – that we haven't seen before in live action showing up in this show to set up Ahsoka. That's all I'll say right now. Uh-oh. Some other helmet-wearing people, possibly. It's possible. And this is not confirmed. I'm not. I'm not saying this because I heard spoilers. Okay. I'm just like, it's a feeling. It's a feeling. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm a little more excited for that now too, because I, I did enjoy that show, and I would definitely like to see something like that. But I'm not going to count my chickens before they hatch. I'm just going to enjoy what we've got and try not to criticize what we didn't get. Just going to enjoy what we do get. It's best to have tempered expectations. I, uh, I've i learned that if you've listened to uh, Star Wars Underworld, you know that I, I had some expectation issues with Bad Batch, and I've had to dial those back. I had to unlearn what I have learned. Well, I, I had expectation issues for the sequel trilogy, and uh, I'm still not over that. Didn't, so. didn't we all? Didn't we all? Didn't didn't go well for me, but I'd say that this episode went really well, and I'm, I'm sad to say that we, we need to – to wrap it up because i've just had so much fun chatting with you i've plum lost track of time but it is it it's gotten late it's gotten it late is, that, that's when is. you know the show is about to end and we start looking at the clock going it's getting late guys oh my god yeah but this time we're not going to be saying oh damn it i'm getting hungry because we already did our barbecue segment so we're i guess done. all that's left to do is tell people where they can find us when they're not listening to this show yeah, so um, you can definitely uh, follow us at the IPC Podcast on the Facebook and the Twitter and the Instagram and all those places. Um, you can follow Zach at Zach the Voice on socials. Um, you can follow me personally at Ben Hart with no E, exactly how it sounds. Um, on your, all the socials, I'm probably on ones I don't even remember, to be honest, at this point. Um, and also, I've, I mentioned it, Star Wars Underworld, obviously still going strong. We're doing two shows a week now. It's freaking madness, okay? We what have to do two hell? shows just to fit in everything, and we still don't fit in everything, okay? We're not even talking about the news, okay? We don't have time for that. We're just talking about Mando and Bad Batch, and then we're going to have tons to talk about next week because it's got two episodes of bad batch plus mandalorian it's insane okay i love it but it's insane <laughs> good grief how do you ever find the time for this show or find time to sleep it's the reason we're doing this on a wednesday night because friday i'll be doing another show <laughs> good and grief. thursday i'll definitely be doing a show <sighs> it's crazy i love my life but it's crazy <laughs> um and uh, you can also uh, hit up at Culture Slate for literally all your pop culture news, literally everything. You've got so much going on over there. Um, but yeah, um, and then obviously um, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ipcpodcast. Find all our episodes at ipcpodcast.podbean.com. You can hit up our swag at tpublic.com slash users slash ipcpodcast. We broadcast monthly on 
zackthevoice.mixler.com. That's where we're broadcasting live right now. Unfortunately, we're not doing live video, but we may occasionally do it. Sometimes we go live on Facebook, stuff like that, when we when we, uh, we can. But mostly you just hear our voices on the Zach the Voice uh, Mixler page and uh, iTunes. Obviously, go check us out. Uh, subscribe. Leave a review. Uh, it always helps to whatever podca- podcast you're using. Go over there, go to the page, and just you know do a five star. If you can't leave a little review, tell people you like the show. If you if it's a four star review, I guess that's okay. If it's a two or one star review, maybe just don't. Maybe just don't. Um, but uh, yeah, we appreciate it nonetheless. I'm always gonna remember that uh, two star review that we got that was like in a world full of Zach, be a Ben. It's like what the hell does that mean? I still, I still think he got us screwed up, and he thinks I'm a dick. I think he, I think, I think he caught me in the things. I think he thinks I'm you. It's the only thing that makes sense to me. I don't know, dude. I don't know, but it was, it was, it was great to to keep us grounded and keep us humble, I guess. But we always appreciate when uh, when everybody is, uh, you know, tuning in and and saying good things and being a part of the chat, like Tony and and uh, who was it, Danny. They were both in the chat tonight. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Steven didn't get a chance to hop in, but I'm sure he'll yeah. listen to the show real cut after the fact. As so, he's uh, a hipster like that. Yeah. He um, likes also, to listen to it before also, it's cool. Also, for the record, this is a free program. Okay. It's free. You can listen to it this free of charge. If you don't like it, you don't get your money back because you didn't take your money. You can just not listen. So I don't mm-hmm. get the I don't get the one star reviews. <laughs> I don't either. But we I appreciate either. everyone that gives us five star reviews and everyone that listens every week, every month, because it's great. Dude, we're we're two episodes away from celebrating our ninth anniversary. That's insane. I can't even wrap my we'll mind have, we'll around have, that. We'll have the April episode sometime in April. I was hoping that we could do it, you know, after the Mando season finale happens, but the that Wednesday is your birthday of all things. Oh. Well, I mean, I, there, so, there's worse things I could be doing on my birthday than uh, we'll, uh, doing a podcast. We'll, we'll see what we can figure out about uh, about our scheduling in April. Maybe we'll get to do one before Mando finishes. Maybe we won't. I don't really know. But be sure to follow us on the socials to find out when and where we do broadcast our next episode. Ben, unless you got any final thoughts, I'm going to take us home. Nope. I don't have any other final thoughts except thank you everyone so much for listening for supporting us i know we don't broadcast as much uh these days as we would like to or maybe as much as you guys would like us to but uh you know once a month is enough for us right now so uh it's 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 been fun um hope to uh talk to you guys next month we always appreciate you guys supporting us however you can and hope you enjoy the show and uh see you in the next one been almost two hours elapsed already and we could probably go on for another two if we really wanted to but i don't really want to because i'm ready to go to bed and i know ben has got a big day tomorrow too so we're just gonna have to call it a night and call it a month at this place episode 360 officially in the books like you said at the top of the broadcast we have come full circle with 360 episodes now that is just a crazy thing to say. Thanks to everyone that's been with us, whether you're tuning in for the first time or you've been tuning in for the past 359 episodes. We love you. We appreciate you. Take care. 
Have a great night. And until next time, good night, everyone. I don't know why I've got like the the whole Barry Manilow type of voice going. I don't even know. It's it, it's not the it's not it's it's not it's not uh, caffeine. Uh, I I haven't had any caffeine for hours. Uh, I had a cookie for dessert. Um, but I don't really know what's got me in rare form tonight. But I kind of lost it when Ben said that they were saturating the meat. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> the baseball announcer rasp. I don't even know if 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 that is is accurate. Um, although I did lose my voice a little bit during the last baseball game, Danny, just because um I got allergies coming on. Allergies are a really tough thing when you're trying to call a baseball game because you're sitting out in the elements that you're trying to fight off. It's not fun doing it. Uh, doing a podcast indoors. Oh yeah, I'm 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 feeling good tonight. That's good. That's good. Oh, I can't, oh, I've back. never I don't I've never podcasted outside that I can remember. We were going think. to do it like um in 2017 when everybody came to visit, we were like scouting out some sort of outdoor location to try to broadcast from because we wanted to do an episode of Backyard Watch altogether, oh, but yeah. we never the closest I've probably ever come is I've probably been walking down a sidewalk and Dominic Jones put a microphone in my face um, yeah. at some point. I did that, that in the food, happen. like in a food court at Disneyland one time, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think I was a witness to that.